I'm Sheila Hamilton. Welcome back to Beyond Well. This is a program for people who want to learn more about their interior lives. And every week we try to add another tool to the emotional toolbox. My friends, Dr. Jenna Lejeune and Dr. Brian Goff are here. Hi. Good morning. Nice Good morning. to see you. And we're joined by Nate Bodsford, an incredible singer-songwriter who I've known for about the past five years. Hi, Nate. Hey, how are you guys? I want you to just begin with a story about you handing a CD to Need to Breathe. Yeah, so they, they've always been one of my favorite bands, and they were in Portland probably close to uh, half two years ago now. And uh, my manager had this crazy idea that we just go sit on the street like by the venue or around like noon in the hopes of seeing them maybe walk from the door to the bus um which i thought was crazy that like that doesn't happen but sure enough they were walking out and i just like kind of shook took my hand out and said nice to meet you guys you're awesome and then we asked if i could play them a song to which they did not love that idea <laughs> on the street <laughs> on the street how crazy yeah. is portland anyway right yeah, yeah. But they, for whatever reason, they agreed, um, let me play the song. And uh, they they said it was super good. And we took a picture and handed them a CD and uh, thought that was it. And then a couple minutes later, their manager calls and wanted me to go sing it in the middle of their set that night. I was so wow. struck by the lyrics of that song and also just the intention of you just saying, I want you to listen to it and some someone actually doing yeah. it, especially a band that's at that level. So would you play us the song? Yeah, absolutely. This is uh, Tiny Little Voices. Well, I got to thinking just the other day. What if the voices in my head would turn and run away? And all of the mistakes and the choices that I've made And all those tiny little voices tell me I'm still the same well, You try to fake a smile, but there's tears behind those eyes Oh, if people only knew what was going on inside Sometimes I want to run, sometimes I want to scream Sometimes I want to punch the mirror, staring back at me No matter what you're feeling, just know that you can tell All those tiny little voices go to hell Like a dream you want to yell but the words just don't come out And all the people take the sidelines Wonder what it's all about Well, who's to judge a man By the scars his life has placed When we all have our demons That we all have to face Sometimes I want to run, sometimes I want to scream Sometimes I want to punch the mirror, staring back at me No matter what you're feeling, just know that you can tell 
All those tiny little voices go to hell. No matter what you're feeling, know that you can tell. All those tiny little voices that go to hell. Wow. Um, wow. I love music for its storytelling capacity, and I know yeah. there must be a story behind that. Would you talk about the origin of that song? Yeah. Um, most, of my, most of my songwriting, I write what I think people want to hear. And uh, this was one of those ones that I just kind of sat down and wrote for myself. Um, I started it a couple years ago, and uh, I think there's a lot of contributing factors that, that went into this song. Um, I didn't really grow up with people like really encouraging me to do music and wanting me to, you know, succeed and do well. So I, I got a lot of can't do this, shouldn't do this. Um, so as I tried to pursue music, I always had those like in my head, um, just those negative uh, influences, whether it's from school or from uh, whoever. So I kind of sat down, just frustrated one day and wrote this song. And I just kind of had this thought in my head. I was like, man, those things can just go to hell, you know? <laughs> and it's so, it's so awesome. I'm sure you guys, when you were listening to the words um, to that, were thinking, wow, I wish somebody would come and sit down in my office and tell me a story like this, you know, just yeah. this yeah. beautifully, this straightforwardly to say, wow, I'm having all of this really negative looping about who yeah. I am and what it means to I was, be human. Yeah, I was thinking, Nate, could you just come in and um, play that for a therapy session for me and then my job yeah. is done? That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. It's a be way more eloquent way of trying to express what I'm trying to do with my clients. So that was really beautiful. Thank you. It's, um, it's fascinating to me, t the life of a singer-songwriter. You have to be so single-minded and so purposeful around what it is you're presenting to the world and so believing in yourself but yeah. you grew up in a household where there was not a lot of encouragement or that kind of like hey we can do anything right yeah and i think so i have uh, seven brothers and sisters and so there's a lot of us and uh i think i think it's hard as you know as as any parent to you know to see um, when your kids want to like pursue something like this and it's such a risky business and it's so hard to break into and to like establish yourself and make a living. And, um, uh, and so like between that and then going to school and just not having like, whether it was teachers in high school or, or people, um, thinking that you're good enough. And so I always kind of just felt like there's no way I can really pursue it. And, um, just always like moved with that in my head. You mm -hmm. also have noted before that in in your family dynamic, there were a lot of people who were not not well, not mentally well, not like spiritually well, not encouraging you to be able to be your best self. So how do you work with that dynamic today? Um, yeah, I've just kind of realized how. Um, like, as I wrote this song, I kind of had like mental illness so I grew up around mental illness um and so I knew kind of just what what that entails and what what it um all the stuff that goes with that and and even in my own life realizing like how 
huge that is in music and in um you know how how strong anxiety is these days with you know everyone right yeah, yeah. and uh, it's just such a crazy epidemic and and it allows so much like destruction to go on in our own heads and so I had to get to the point where I realized like the one thing standing in my way is me and, and the stuff that I've allowed to to influence my music and me moving forward and uh yeah so learning how to kind of manage that and focus on the things that that are right and that I know are true right mm-hmm. and I'm I'm really curious if you ever had the moment where you could sit your parents down and actually play for them and then they heard or saw a new version of you that perhaps they missed when you were younger. Yeah, we've um we've grown a ton like in 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 our relationship and and I think it was just out of love and out of care for me, you know, wanting me to succeed in life and um um some of it like it's an older mindset of you know, you gotta gotta do the college thing. You gotta get a get a stable job and provide for a family. Um, but they they've been super supportive. And you know, once I decided just to stick through it, I quit my day job and I just pursued music. Wow. And, I want to hmm. ask you guys about this because I know, especially for a lot of young people, how important it is to have a a life of meaning, to follow creative outlets, to be mm-hmm. able to actually form a life that that is personal to you rather than the expectations of someone else. And you don't get a whole lot of encouragement for it. Like, yay, our son's not going to college. (laughs) How do, how do you suggest people work within the paradigms of others expectations? I think Nate just provided a really beautiful example of, you know, in the ideal world, you might be able to get to the place that Nate is about being able to have a compassionate perspective of like, yeah, they were probably doing their best and they were probably, you know, worried for you. And that may be why they tried to steer you in one direction. It wasn't real helpful, but like they were coming from their own context. So in the ideal world, you're able to kind of help people be able to take that perspective, but then also see that their life doesn't have to be kind of dictated by some of those old stories, whether those old stories are things that other people put in their heads or their own voices in their heads. Like they, we all get to write our own story Mm -hmm. and it isn't the voices in our head, again, whether whoever put those in your head that, that tells the story for us. Yeah. Yeah. I think that you, um, you know, you can sort of say, boy, I'm really glad I didn't let my vision die because you're traveling and you're and you're on stage and it's working. And I think there's a lot of people who who would say, I'm going to go for this. I'm going to jump in with everything. I'm going to sell everything I have and yeah. I'm going to get a I'm going to get a VW microbus and I'm just going to yeah. make it work. <laughs> and it's like, you know, two years later, they're like, ah, I got to get a job. And I and I to me at least I think the thing that that catches my ear is the the commitment to your passion and to your value and being a full time musician is a vehicle that advances that value. Yeah. And there are some people who aren't as fortunate or as or as skilled or didn't have the right breaks or didn't sit on the street and give their tape to the right people or mm-hmm. whatever. Uh and so it looks different. Yeah. But 
that's still their passion. Like if, you know, if, 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 uh, if I know somebody who loves a sport, but they're not skillful enough to be a professional athlete, don't give up that passion. That's, that's life giving. It might not translate into, you know, you're going to be on tour in the PGA, uh, because that <laughs> happens to a very, very small yeah. percentage of people. Uh, but it might mean, you know, you're going to, you're going to teach golf at a high school or you're going to play a lot and you're going to be on a men's club or a women's yeah. club or something like that. So, so to me, it's, it's sort of, it helps to, to tease apart a little bit the values that drive the choices we make. And then those choices are vehicles that help us advance the value. Mm. Yeah. I also really think it's um, important to just talk about how much healing comes from Nate actually going deep into what his background was like, Absolutely. how it felt mm-hmm. to grow up with out a ton of support that way, mm-hmm. and what it means now to be able to look apart from your thoughts and say, these are separate. Mm-hmm. Totally. These are yeah. completely, totally. you're doing like your own therapy and your writing process. Yeah. Does it feel that way to you? Absolutely. Um, especially with this song um, where I just, I'm, I remember it very vividly. I just like sat down. Um, I think I was at, at, at church and I just sat down on the stage and just started jotting these things down and just started singing it. And uh, it's amazing how, like for me, to write those out and then to sing them out loud and to like speak, speak that truth over my life. Um, There's just power in that, I think. And Mm -hmm. I think not enough. It took me so long to figure that out. And I think a lot of people don't realize how much power they have in their own voice and and overcoming their own self and their own thoughts. Amen. Do you Mm -hmm. feel like there's a, a well there for you in terms of when you tap into that truth, that that could become your superpower in some way? I think because so, that yeah. song is really super awesome. Thank really, you. it's really yeah. amazing. I love the fact that earlier, Nate, you said you know I I used to write music, um, or I, I write music because I think that's what people want to hear. This one I wrote for myself, and then everyone is like, "God, I love this song." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, you know, Isn't the that world true? that Jenna and I live in, you know, we don't really make this big distinction between people who have mental health issues and people who don't. It's really more like. We all have internal worlds. We all have stories. Um, Some of them are helpful. Some of them are absolutely not helpful. Mm -hmm. And I I don't know a person who wouldn't relate to that song. That's awesome. Thank you. One of the things that I'm so struck by when I see you is you're so handsome, male, young. And there is a way in which handsome, young males grow up in our society that they're supposed to be a certain way. And I can imagine that it was not really like encouraged in your family dynamic to tell us what your feelings are. <laughs> I mean, um, I just, it certainly didn't happen with my brothers. I'm wondering, did it happen with you? Uh, I think I was kind of an odd, odd case. Um, so I was, I was homeschooled actually for most of my life. Wow. And I think that kind of played a big influence. And um, I, I wrestled with like anxiety a ton as a kid and so when I finally did go to school, um, I was just like mercilessly picked on. <laughs> and so I didn't really grow up with this like confidence, this I'm like athletic, I can sing. I'm, Interesting. Um, so I've never really had that approach, I guess. I've yeah. never like had that thought in my head, like I'm confident, I am 
I'm a good looking guy, I'm athletic, I can play music. Do you know it's so fascinating? Mm -hmm. I've probably done 200 interviews with some of the biggest stars and some some stars still tr attempting to become stars. But it, with music in particular, it does not attract the captain of the football team. It mm -hmm. doesn't attract mm -hmm. the guy who is getting all of the girls. It tends to be an art that people find because they maybe feel a little bit different than the most popular person. And, and so it's so ironic when they become huge stars because then, for instance, women are grabbing at them and they're thinking that they're everything in terms of what we value as a society, but they tend to be very sensitive, very um, particular in terms of their own interior and sometimes really introverted. Well, and you, and even those are stories, right? Right. Like even the you're this like handsome musician, like now you're the popular kid guy, like, <laughs> and that's a story too. And it doesn't always match your internal experience or kind of who you are. And you can tell those stories to go to hell too. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so, so it's awesome. not it's not like <laughs> the positive or negative part of the story. Just that's stories. Hard. Yeah, it's uh -huh. just it's just stories. Yeah, it's not you. Yeah. I, I, it's not surprising to me about the musician uh, sensitive uh, thing. It feels like you write, whether it's whether it's literature or music or whatever, or, or art, it comes out of a place of emotion usually. And uh, there's this research on basic emotion that, that sort of what are the fundamental human emotions? The, you know, if you had to reduce them to like a little crayon box of nine crayons, what would what would they be huh. and six of them are unpleasant hmm. like we're kind of we're kind of set up to not feel i mean there's like surprise and joy but then you've got like disgust and shame and sadness and fear and the list goes on and it's like we're just hooked up to not feel great as human beings it's totally normal so if you're sensitive two-thirds of the stuff that we feel as human beings isn't Hey, I got another date. I threw another touchdown. I'm a rock star. Wow. Damn it. So yeah, interesting. Is that yeah. because the brain is primed to remember those and keep us out of those oh. circumstances where we're like, oh, I, I feel like crap. I think it's because I'm probably going to get eaten today. Well, the, yeah. I mean, the, yeah. the evolutionary sort yeah. of bent to that, right? Right. Is that if you're, if you have a propensity towards anxiety, then you're not like, well, I wonder if that. I wonder if that snake is poisonous. Let's go check right. that out. You're just like, shit, it's a snake. And you run. Yeah. And guess what? You survive and you get to pass on your DNA. Yeah, no, awesome. I do think that, that like if I'm thinking about it so much of when I feel at, uh, like I, I'm just not feeling great. I'm not feeling it. It feels like an old story. My ancestors mm -hmm. story of, you know coming over on the trail and is you know not just snakes going to eat me but is somebody else here in the wagon train going to eat me like right. i feel like there's some of that in all of us as human beings that we're carrying these stories of where we came from yeah if you think about it like humans if we're looking at this from an evolutionary perspective humans are these unbelievably slow awkward bipedal like squishy things like we should not be at the top of the food chain we should be prey we should definitely be prey opposable it, thumbs is not oh, that great not that great i mean it's nice it's nice but i'm gonna take a hard shell any day over opposable totally. thumbs. big sharp teeth absolutely yeah but we had this ability to develop this incredible don't get eaten by the lion in the serengeti machine that yeah. we call our brain yeah. And our brain looks for threats above all else. And so anxiety in many ways is sort of the way the brain is supposed to be operating. Now, 
Fortunately, we happen to live in a world now where there aren't a whole lot of times when lions are about to eat us. Mm. But we turn those same experiences, that, that same brain gets turned on ourselves. And so then it's things like the stories in our head, the thoughts of, I'm never going to make it. I'm going to suck. I'm, I'm going to prove everybody right that I couldn't do this. We start turning those into these incredibly dangerous things. Mm-hmm. And you know what they're? Mm-hmm. They're thoughts. Yeah. They're simply thoughts. You could say, yeah, go to hell. I'm going to keep doing this thing. Yeah. How do you stay really well now? What, what are some of the things that you do to make sure that you're tending your brain? Um, I try to like, I guess every day, um, like make mental like checklists because it's, it's so funny how like I could have an experience like that on the street with them and be on like, you know, in the clouds Okay. and then like the next day I could go sing at a coffee shop and not one person claps and no (laughs) one listens. Mm -hmm. And that's the experience that I will let like Mm -hmm. define the next day after that. And so So I've tried to like, you know, every, every day, literally like go through these mental checklists of like, I know I'm good enough. I know like I have the talent, I have the dream because of this experience, this one and this one, you know, whatever it is. Mm Mm-hmm. And those are the ones I need to be like focusing on that I need to be grasping and taking hold of and letting those like control my emotions as I move forward. I also think it's so helpful to really dive into the stories of other people who have made it. I remember hearing uh, the biography of Blake Shelton and, and just how completely depressed and ready to give up he was before he decided to cut his hair and just cutting his hair somehow made some agent notice him and give him you know give uh one of the studios a cd and he was launched it was like one tiny decision but it was all those years of work the work that you're putting in right now nate your voice is so spectacular and your songwriting ability is so beautiful i hope that you'll take us out with one more selection something from your heart hopefully yeah let's see He's like, my capo is ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. This is this is actually a song. I wrote this song um, in a bar once when no one came to hear me sing. And so it was just me and the bartender. But, but I was contracted for three hours, so I had to. Oh, lots, awesome. lots, of, lots of practice time. Lots of, or in my case, songwriting time. Yeah. Uh, but I wrote this song just watching people walk by the window. I was like, man, people are so sad and so, like, just, you know, just going to get through the day, do my thing, and no one, like, stops to, like, enjoy and appreciate life. Mm-hmm. So I wrote this song called Hourglass um, just because that's pretty much life, and you don't get to, like, flip the thing over and try one more time wow. at the end. Mm-hmm. So this is a song that came out of it. Never see it coming Seems like we were just kids The way this life keeps moving With all of its changes 
Things used to be so simple Running around and climbing trees Don't let another day pass you by Without those kinds of memories So live it up And let it be Don't worry about tomorrow You just wait and see So take it slow And don't move too fast Because this life is just an hourglass, a campfire in the sand, in the moonlight lullaby. If you don't take them in now You watch them slip into the night You'll have your days of laughter And you'll have some days of pain And some beginnings bring the sunshine And some endings bring the rain So live it up And let it be Don't worry about tomorrow Just go and chase your dreams So take it slow And don't move too fast Because this life is just an hourglass. So take it slow. Don't move too fast. Because this life. It's just an hourglass I want yeah. more days when you're in the bar and nobody shows up. I know. <laughs> such a beautiful yeah, song. Wow. Thank you. Nate Botsford, thank you so much for coming back around. Thank you so for good to me. see you again. Yeah. Brian thank and Jenna, so thank you again. Thank you.